Sullivan testing the Portuguese. You know, I like to be fit and healthy, so the best way I know is to just get out there and run. Running was an outlet for me to, I guess, feel good about myself and, and take out some of the angers that were going on in my life. Sonny O'Sullivan is going to take the world title back to Ireland. Are injuries an inevitability in running? Or is there a formula to avoid them? Today on An Irishman Running Abroad with me, Jarrett Regan and Sonia O'Sullivan, we ask and get the answer to this $64,000 question and take a look back at a very successful weekend for Ireland at the European Cross Country Championships in Dublin with our special guest, two-time European indoor gold medalist, celebrity master chef champion and RTU's trackside legend, David Gillick. We will go around the parishes too to see who had the standout performances in our own Strava running club, which you can, of course, join. And we will, of course, get Sonia's tip of the week, as I can hear her scrambling in the background to figure out what that might be. But first, let's catch up with Sonia. It was, let's face it, Sonia, it was a very tough Sunday for Constance Klosterhafen or Coco, as we all know her. She gutted it out, though. She gutted it out to get a fifth place finish in the senior women's cross country event. But that really wasn't what she wanted, was it? No, it's it's never easy, you know, when you set your sights on on winning, you know, and there, there's no guarantee of winning. And then, you know, you see the medals kind of slip away from you and you can't even salvage a bronze medal. Mind you, she did get a team silver medal, but yeah. um, I, I mean, I know the feeling. I've I've been there myself in the past, and it's not quite the same when you when you set out to, uh, you know, I suppose pick out pick up an individual medal in a cross country race. The team medal is it's it's small consolation, but mm. it, it doesn't have that same satisfaction knowing that you haven't given the performance that you know that you're capable of. Yeah, and especially when the team medal is a silver and you're probably thinking to herself, if I'd won, this would be a double gold. What do you even say to an athlete after a disappointment like that? Yeah, it's not easy, you know. I mean, I suppose it's not not really even easier, you know, if you've been there yourself. But the the thing is that I can relate to it, I suppose, because I have been there. Mm. And so then you know that it takes a bit of time. There's nothing really you can say that's going to change anything and you have to let the athlete you know kind of come to terms with it themselves and normally that means that they go for a bit of a jog afterwards and um i know coco she was she got the back she was on the bus back to the hotel and i called her and i said where are you because i figured well if she was hanging around i'd pick her up Mm -hmm. and she said i'm on the bus and then she said "I, i haven't done my warm down yet and of course i was kind of like you know, well, don't worry about it. But then afterwards realizing that, you know, no, no, that is important Mm. for every athlete just to have that little bit of time to themselves to try and put things in perspective, try and find some kind of rationale for, you know, what, what didn't quite work out on the day. And, you know, try and uh, rationalize with yourself, you know, why it didn't work out. And then try and set out a path for yourself to, you know, move on from, because that's the thing is you have to accept it, the result, no matter what it is. And then once you do that, then you can look ahead and move on and realize that, you know, all is not lost. You know, there's more races to be run and the training will come to fruition 
eventually you know there'll mm. be some there'll be some reward it's just it's hard to walk away when you've put in so much time and effort and you just don't get that that just reward well ever since we started this series you've spoken about running being a metaphor for life and there's so much of what you've just said there that anybody could relate to disappointment heartbreak loss grief you kind of have to sit in it don't you you've got to you kind of just got to look it in the eye this is what it is for a while so before is that what she'll be doing tonight before kind of you guys sit down and eventually go well here's the path this wasn't in vain yeah I mean it's always a, a difficult one the night after a race to it's difficult to sleep it's you know you're kind of always the what ifs are running through your head mm-hmm. and you know you just kind of feel like you've let yourself down let everybody down even though you haven't you know it's it's just it happens to everybody and you know there's there's no result is guaranteed no matter how good you are no matter how much time effort and training you've put in you know so many other people have done the same thing mm-hmm. and when you line up you know those prizes they're up for grabs for everybody so yeah i mean you have to take the disappointments and oftentimes you learn more from the disappointments you learn sure. more from when things don't go right than when they do go right because you know oftentimes the victories can paper over many cracks whereas the the losses they kind of expose everything and they that's when I think you become a bit more honest with yourself as a coach you become a bit more honest and open and you have some really tough discussions and just kind of things to think about and to ponder and you know, things that sometimes you put things off because there's things a big race coming. Well. Things are going well. There's a race coming up. You don't want to kind of ruffle things too much. And then, you know, it, it comes to a head when when the result is not what you want. And you have to be honest with each other. And, and then by doing that, I think you can definitely point out some weaknesses that you think can be improved upon. And hopefully, you know, the athlete comes on board and, you know, then they, they learn. You learn so much from your losses, things that you can improve on and help you to move forward. And that's for everybody, you know, not just at the high end. I mean, I think everybody sets out with ambitions and targets and goals. And if you don't achieve them, then you do have to have a little bit of a post-mortem afterwards and work out, you know, well, well, why didn't I achieve that? And what can I do better the next time? Yeah, I mean, it sounds like ownership is such a big part of what you're saying there, because I know we know that there's there can be a tendency to go, oh, there was something outside of me that was the reason for this. So when we get David on later on in the show, I mean, we can go a bit deeper into this. I mean, the bounce back and recovery is so much where the path leads next for her. Today's episode, we're really keen to avoid having to recover. Having been through a long injury layoff myself in the spring, we, uh, Sonia and I, talked a lot about how to come back from injury. And we thought today it'd be a good time to revisit the subject. But this time, it's a bit different. This time, I'm asking you, Sonia, what are the key ingredients to avoiding injury too? not putting yourself in that position. Now, I did I, I did sit down with Tina and ask her why she thinks I haven't got injured since. 
and I wanted her to record a voice note. <laughs> so I, I won't be in the room and I'll let you record why you think I've changed, because clearly I was getting injured most weeks. I was definitely holding something most weeks, but that changed. We'll get to that later. I want to get your top three, though, first of all, Sonia. What are the top three keys to you for people hoping to avoid hurting themselves running? I think the number one is to find the right, the balance in your training. So you have the, you know, you balance the easy days, the hard days, the recovery days. And you, you just need to find that fine line of balance where you're, you're doing enough without doing too much. And then at the same time, you're, you're continually progressing. Mm. So you're not always out there trying to set a PB every time you go for a run. Yeah. That um, every run has a purpose. And sometimes that purpose is to just, you know, just smell the roses, as you say, yeah. when you go on, the, on those easy runs and to, to look around and to enjoy the surroundings and just to come back feeling refreshed and, and energized yeah. and, and gra- grateful that you can go out there and that you get to go for a run. You don't have to go out there, you know, but mm. you actually go out there because you want to and because you enjoy it and you know that you're going to have that very positive sense of satisfaction when you come back, even if it's a slow, easy run. Mm. Yeah. OK, well, um, I mean, that's definitely I mean, the first right off the bat balance as tip number one. It's just it's so easy to say it, isn't it? But it's just something that we can only find through trial and error. So balance, that's number one. And then the second one would be to listen to your body. So your body, if there's something not right, it's going to start letting you know. And there'll be a few complaints and and the complaints will come in aches and pains and just niggling little things. And these are things that we often try to ignore and push through. And sometimes if something is lingering for more than one or two days and it's, you know, it's not the same on each side, oftentimes you might have both your calves might be sore after Mm. a track session. So then that's probably a bit more like a DOMS kind of effect. Mm. And so you just have to gradually work your way through that with all the different recovery methods. But if you have one nagging ache that's hanging around the place, then that's the time when you have to go and find out what it is. And you have to you have to seek, you know, some help. The professionals are out there to to listen to you, to measure you up, to you know, stress the different areas of your body and work out, you know, where do you have a weakness? Is this a real injury that we need to sort out something we need to do about it? And I think it's really important to listen to your body. If you do have something that's been hanging around, you're out there running in pain every day. It's no fun. Mm. And you, you can manage these things sometimes with ice, with rest, rice, they call it rest, ice, compression elevation like you once you go through all this stuff and it's not working then you definitely need to seek help and oftentimes this well like with anything the sooner you seek help then probably the less downtime you'll have to have and the the quicker you'll be back to to running and you and you can find out by doing that you actually find out what you can do so you know you may not be able to go for your regular 10 mile run or track session but there may be other things that you can do that will not just kind of help your your mind, you know, uh, it, you know, to keep you 
you know, not stress because you can't go for a run, um, but also help to keep the blood flow and the recovery going just by doing some cross training, maybe cycling or swimming that you don't really want to do it because you'd much prefer to go for a run. But if you know that the benefit of doing it will help the injury to recover, then then you're more likely to do it and then you'll be back to running sooner. I love this uh, as tip number two. <laughs> but honestly, I, I do need to say that listening to my body <laughs> in the beginning was the absolute opposite of what I needed to do. Because when we started out back in, was it August of 2020, my body was telling me to drink tea and eat biscuits on the couch. And I know that I've had people get in touch with me asking, when does my body stop saying, stop this? Why are you doing this to me? It's when people say, listen to your body. A lot of the times in the beginning, your body's screaming Stop. Now, that's not what you mean when you say listen to your body. Clearly, you're saying that after that phase, tune into the messages your body is sending you. Yeah, well, there's different. I suppose there's different messages. <laughs> we have to le- <laughs> learn how to interpret those messages that your body's trying to tell you. But, you know, there's there's messages that are injuries and then there's ones that are just kind of, you know, their lack of fitness. Yeah. talking to you and <laughs> yeah. saying, no, you, you've got to push through this and, mm. you know, eventually you're going to get used to it because if you are starting back, starting running or starting back running, then, you know, because of the weight bearing nature of running, then you're definitely going to feel a lot more aches and pains than you would from any other form of exercise. Um, right. So you have to expect that and then you do have to push through it but, you know, at the same time, maybe going every second day, maybe a bit of walking and jogging just to kind of get yourself through it and build up slowly. Yeah, I mean, we could talk about that for a full hour. And I, I think we probably should talk about that with David when he comes on. Just this idea of learning to accept the pain and accept that there's good pain and there's there's bad pain. I'm keen to know what number three is before I play this voice note that Tina recorded because I haven't listened to the voice note. So there could be anything in this. Give us your number three there. So number three is to recover from the hard efforts. So, you know, we can all get excited when we do a hard, a good hard session and we think we're flying and you can be energized to go out and run hard again the next day. Mm. But it's really important to recover from the hard sessions and to Make the hard sessions hard and the easy chest, easy chest, easy. <laughs> <laughs> easy sessions are runs easy. And you learned all about easy last week. And yeah. um, we'd like to, we, we'd be wondering how you how that's going for you. And if you are able to run the harder sessions harder because the differential is increasing mm. and then you're you're improving your recovery rates. Yeah, well, I can tell you right now, we talked about polarization last week and the last couple of weeks, this this very concept of easy, easy sessions being easy <laughs> and hard sessions being hard. And honestly, I said it to you after the track session on Tuesday, I've never gone to the track session and thought at the end of it, I could have done one more round there 
But this was the first week I felt that. So again, we'll talk about that more in the extended Patreon version of this. I'm going to play for you the uh, Tina voice note now and I'll hear it for the first time myself. Okay, so things um, things I think that have changed since Charlotte has returned from injury. First of all, I think he's a little bit more conscious about his body. He's much more careful with himself um, in a better way. He's not just complaining about injuries all the time. <laughs> he is conscious that maybe he should do the exercises, warm up better and take take the bots the bots I'm trying to see my THs um also he uh definitely the big thing is he sleeps more he's much more likely to try and go to bed early which is amazing because I love going to bed early and uh that's a big change for him he never did that and um I feel like he's eating better before he goes for his run he's putting more fuel in and he's definitely drinking more water which is good because he used to only ever drink Coke Zero. So those are the big changes. <laughs> she got the dig in at the end about the Coke Zero. I didn't see that one coming. That is true. I had a fierce Coke Zero addiction. Thanks for that. Shout out to Tina for that. I mean, she did hit on a couple of things there. We may as well bring David Gillick on. Let's go to the live line. Talk to Jar on 1850-715-815. Hello and welcome. Talk to Jar. <laughs> Talk to Jar and Sonia. It's great to have you here, David. Thanks a lot for taking the hey, call. Hey, Jarlet. Hey, Sonia. How are you? Hi, David. Good. Good chat again. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you guys were there together this this weekend. I mean, I watched it on the BBC iPlayer pressing the red button. And Irish listeners in England will know that they just missed the buzz. The way Archie captures it uh, when Irish people are doing well at these championships is, you know, you can't replicate it anywhere else. The buzz must have been immense, particularly when the under 23 men's team came home with the gold. Oh, yeah. Like, it's 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 fantastic to have a major championships on Irish soil and like, you know, to even get it up and running and everything that's evolved in it. But to then kind of, you know, medal at it in front mm. of there was probably about 8,000 people there, you know, it was, it was fantastic. And, you know, I, I think people are trying to calculate the positions within that kind of finish of a team perspective, you know, cause you're trying to add it up and where is everyone and, and whatnot. And I think with, with Dara coming second, you know, then that we were in with a shot and then like the big roar. And that's where actually I was in the mix zone. So I, I was watching this on a TV screen because I'm waiting for the athletes to come in to interview them. So I, I actually can't see what's going on outside. But then you hear this huge roar and that's all they really needed to know. Um, yeah. And I think that that atmosphere and, you know, even like Aaron Levine uh, yeah. getting played out uh, on Irish soil, you know, it's that's the stuff that you dream about, you know, particularly for these young you know, the opportunity to do it on, on Irish soil. And I think that was really, really well captured today. And I think... Um, like it will be one of those moments that people will talk about for, for years to come, particularly those athletic fans that were there today. And the kids. I mean, there was so many kids there. Like you said, kids went free. Grown-ups were yeah. eight churros in. The footage on the BBC, Tanya, was like catastrophic in terms of Irish fans. <laughs> when we were all waiting for that calculation to take place, uh, the BBC had elected to focus on a twig on a tree. I'm not even, not even exaggerating. 
we want the camera on the faces of the people who are deciding whether this is the greatest moment of their life or the greatest near miss of their life. They're focused on this twig and we hear the roar go up and we nearly lost it in our house. First of all, we're jumping around. But I mean, what was it like where you were, Sonia? It was fantastic. You know, I, I actually did a little video of the presentation of the gold medal. So I'll send that on to you and you can experience some of the cheering that was going on in, uh, you know, electrified uh, yeah. live, live in the uh, in, from the stands to get a bit of the atmosphere. But it, it was brilliant. And like we were up quite, quite high on a stage. So we were looking down on the course right at the finish line. And you could see the people, you know, racing from point to point to check out and cheer on the athletes. Mm. And then, you know, everybody was trying to get in as close as they could to the finish line. So it was packed like it was like, you know, six and seven deep at the finish line of people all trying to get a glimpse of the the runners coming in down the the final straight. Um, So it's yeah, it's the biggest crowd I've seen at an athletics event in Ireland for a long time. And Magic. the excitement was great. The kids were fantastic. There were so many of them running around the place and taking photos and getting autographs and all sorts of stuff. So it was all very exciting out there. And um, I think just, you know, the, winning the medals, you know, it, that just tops it all off. You know, I mean, I think you really need that to lift the crowd and to have medals from the very beginning in the junior boys race, taking the, I think they got the silver medal. You know, it just lifted everything. And then there was a huge amount of hope then for the rest of the day. Mm. And, you know, I mean, I think everybody really rose to the occasion. The the men's senior team and the women's senior team, they both ended up in, in fourth position, narrowly missing a medal. You know, I mean, so it was so close to being even more medals coming home. But it looks like we'll have to go. Um, I'm not sure where it is next year now, but in the next edition next year, I think, you know, there'll be more determination and uh, just kind of belief, you know, of what's possible. And and then more people who were watching today wanting to be a part of these teams. So then it just increases the competition to get on the team and yeah. to, um, you know, be a part of this this great success story. You know, it, it definitely is like a, it's a big leg up for people to get onto the European cross-country team to see, you know, what's possible and then many of them can go on to other championships later on in the year in the, in the European Championships, World Championships and, you know, ultimately the Olympics. I mean, you know, it can't be understated uh, uh, the impact it has on little minds, because like I, I think we all have that sporting memory, don't we, David, where you actually see that it's possible that it, it can be done. Like for a lot of Cork young lads today, Dara McElhinney's performance will be the one where they go. And I remember I saw it like I saw it with my own eyes. Like, forget Jakob Ingebrigtsen. He's he's the poster boy of these championships for young fellas and young girls from Cork. Oh, look, you're absolutely right. You know, even even there was uh, men and women there, you know, adults talking about the, the fact that they were there in 79 in Limerick when, when John Tracy won, you know, and it's 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 all of that again. And I think the beauty about cross country is you can actually get very close to the athletes. Yes. You know, we saw that and Sonia mentioned that, you know, people running from point to point in the infield, basically, you know, to see them twice or three times on on that one single lap, you know, and I think you can get so close to them, you can all, you're almost really a part of that race. 
and even like you mentioned Dara there, like, you know, up the home straight, you know, he's fighting for, for the silver medal and that whole kind of atmosphere and everyone's just shouting and everyone's just a part of it. And I think that kind of plants that that seed in people's brains, particularly young kids. And even my own young kids went out there. They're five and three and Oscar's coming back saying he wants to be a runner. And Mammy, will you shout Oscar when I run, you know? And I know like he's only five, but like it's great that he's uh, he, he's saying this and he's witnessed, you know, a bit of history there today. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, as Sonia said there, it's like, you know, the event is, is fantastic and getting a crowd there. But, you know, to get an Irish medal, you know, in the under 20s really kind of set the tone and gave that belief. And, you know, we have a bit of momentum. Two years ago, they got four medals at uh, the Euro Cross. Now on home soil, they've they've got three, but one was a goal. So, you know, it's kind of creating that maybe conveyor belt that other younger athletes can now kind of go, right, I can get onto that team, you know, six on a team. And, and that just gives them that experience of going to a championships, taking it all in and maybe really kind of pushing their own kind of individual standards up a little bit higher and maybe making individual championships. Oh, we've an awful lot to get to, David, and I really want to get your perspective on these, the keys, the formula to avoiding injury. But next we go around the parishes. This is the part of the show, David, where we look for the standout performances among the members of the Irishman Running Abroad Strava Running Club, which you, of course, are free to join wherever you are in the world. We'd love you to join up. Uh, Sonia and myself are in there picking out the standouts. Uh, Let's roll that Sunday game music, Brian, and I'll pick out my first one. First one is Winona Grant, who is a devoted member of the club. She headed all the way over to Malaga to run a half marathon. And she did it in a time of one hour, 32 uh, minutes, 12 seconds under ridiculous pressure in heat. Uh, So big shout out to Winona for that. Definitely the standout for me uh, in the group this week. Sonia, did you pick out one? Yeah, well, who would have known that there would be a, a park run in Japan? That, um, <laughs> <laughs> it's all over the world. Padraig McColgan. Oh my gosh, he's like getting sub 20 yes. for the five kilometre, 1936. You know, that's a that's a benchmark or a, a what would you call it? A, um, a breakthrough moment to be under 20 minutes. So that's uh, fantastic. So well done to Padraig in, um, where was it? Seta Gaia, Japan. Fair play, um, uh, I, I, <laughs> I, I must look up and see if there's many park runs in Japan, but that's that's fantastic that he's managed to find one over there, get a run in and uh, run a PB. Fair play to him. Now, uh, David, over to you. You've obviously seen an awful lot of running today. What was the standout performance for you? Well, actually, before we get to that, I, I've jumped on the mobile here and I've joined your group and I've gone into the activities and I've had a little look down and then I stumbled across, without looking at the name, I looked at this 8K pace, 3.38 per what? K, 29 minutes. And I was like, hang on a second. And I look and it's it's Aoife Cook. And she's uploaded onto your Strava group. So there you go. She's, her official time today was 29 minutes, 13 seconds and 8K. And she ran 3.38 per K. So and the map is on as well. Uh, and a um, former guest to the show as well. Yeah. So there you go. So you never know who's in that group. But um, no, outside of that, do you know what? I think Brian Fay ran very well in the men's senior. He came in 10th on you, I think, wasn't it? Um, he, ninth, ninth place he was, I think. Was a ninth, yeah. But like, yeah. I just went, when you, we, like, I think when we looked at the kind of the men's team, the senior team, there wasn't a whole lot of hope 
really for that team to maybe do well. But they actually came fourth. And for Brian there, you know, I thought it was a great run. He just came through the field. He worked really, really hard. And, you know, I think it was ninth or tenth. Um, it was a really, really good performance for him there today. And I thought that was probably a really good um, standout performance. You know, obviously the medals are there. We know all about that. But, um, you know, maybe we weren't expecting that from from that team. And then when you see an athlete do, do that on the day, it was really, really impressive. Final couple of shout outs here to Olivan Vaughan, who ran the Melbourne Marathon, I think it is. Yeah, she ran the Melbourne Marathon over the weekend. I didn't even know it was on, but fair play to her. Uh, she did that. I want to give a shout out to everybody who took part in Ray Darcy's half marathon for the Laura Lynn Hospice, particularly Mark Early, who, by his own admission, had no business running a half marathon, managed to raise 600 euros. Fair play to you, Mark. Kept going. He said he was rescued along the way by someone, I think it was someone in a Santa suit, who had a few gels on them to get him over the line. So I love those stories. And if you spot one in the group and you think this needs a shout out on the show, just tag myself or Sonia in the comments. The way Christopher Marr was tagged with his JLRC naked park run. It's not what you think. He did it without the watch in the time of 18 minutes 33, which is phenomenal running. Big shout out to Christopher Marr. We will be back after the break with more David Gillick and Sonia on the keys to avoiding injury while running. Join us over on patreon.com forward slash irishmanabroad to hear the rest. One of the keys to like maintaining your brain mass is pushing past that comfortable zone physically, you know, exercise wise. Imagine, you know, a world where everybody could go out the door and engage in the kind of exercise that's going to make them more relaxed, more healthy, burn off stress. <laughs> 